Welcome to the Barrel Chat Podcast, where we provide an unfiltered look into the craft beer industry from the untrained palates of two dumbass outsiders. I am Matthew Muncie, and as always, I am joined by Dustin Wood. Dustin, how are we doing today? Uh, it's a mediocre day outside, and uh, we're recording it like 4 p.m., so it's weird. Uh, but so far, so good today. Hopefully, we can get to do something. The kid woke up sick, so that sucks. Yeah, it is kind of a, a weird time to record because we can't really drink yet. Not technically off work. And uh, I have to go to a, a track and field event, so can't really do much there. But hey, we, we do it for the people. So before we jump into our topic this week, we want to let you know you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Barrel Chat. If you love this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast app. That feedback does help us improve and it helps us reach more listeners. You can also leave some feedback on Instagram, like if you want to comment whenever we release new shows and stuff. And we'd also like to hear from you. If you have a particular beer that you want us to review, let us know. You can shoot us a DM or send us an email. We are at barrelchatpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you would like to see on this show. So typically the Friday four-pack consists of four different topics. It's usually what we've been drinking, two news stories, and then what is happening around the Indiana beer world. But this week uh, we're changing it up just a little bit. And the reason for that is this past weekend we did a almost like a staycation beer tour is what I is what I kind of called it around my house. And uh, we hit up five different breweries on Saturday around the Indianapolis area. I think we might turn this in. I, this, this was like a fun thing to do. And this could easily be a monthly thing. We just hit up different areas, different towns, and knock out, you know, three to five, whatever's in the, in the vicinity. But we did five. So we're going to just discuss that beer trip. That's going to be the first three topics. And then we're going to hit up around Indiana because there are some pretty cool events coming up that we wanted to let people know about. So topic number one was stop number one. And this beer trip started out here on the east side in McCordsville, Indiana. And that was at Scarlet Lane Brewing, uh, their flagship, I guess the brewery, because the rest of the them are taprooms. <laughs> so we started there. Uh, they had seven beers and a seltzer on tap, and and we tried them all. And so, Dustin, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about the the four that you grabbed? Uh, so I don't remember the names of the ones that I grabbed. Matt has the list, um, but I'll start with uh, kind of going in the experience and stuff, and then we can uh, sort of dive in, and Matt can tell us what we drank, and then I'll tell you what I thought. I do remember the seltzer was bomb diggity though uh so that was fun um i it was weird to me that they didn't have a whole lot of beer on tap at their like main location and when we did ask uh joshua hall who is one of their brewers like hey bro where's all the beer he said hey go to one of the tap rooms that was interesting to me um seems like the main location would be the like place to go right you would think so. It, it is kind of an interesting, an interesting thought because I was it. It was weird, just not not even having Dorian. Like Dorian is your main beer. Maybe that's changed. Maybe Dorian is no longer the flagship beer of of Scarlet Lane, but I'm pretty sure it is. So to not even have it on tap at all, um, or even in bottles and stuff, I don't remember seeing it. In cans nope, or nope, bottles or no anything. Cans, nothing. That to me was a bit odd. So if they, I know that they just opened that Irvington location. So maybe everything kind of got funneled there, which would make sense. But that does suck, you know, because this was kind of one of those like, hey, let's go. And, and then it was just like, oh, there's nothing but IPAs and, you know, lighter beers on tap. It's, there's nothing super fun. Uh, stout wise that that you would normally see from them uh because last time we went they had like they had dorian stout they had like four other versions of dorian stout like they had all this crazy stuff and it just really wasn't the same it, it provides a unique experience but 
not maybe in the way that we necessarily wanted. So uh, since you mentioned not having, I did actually take notes uh, for names and everything else. So uh, the first one here was the Heltzer uh, Seltzer Honey. And this was that uh, seltzer you were talking about. So what did you think of it? Yeah, so what really jumped out to me is it was like a mead, but like a watered down and bubbly version of a mead. So it was interesting in the fact that it didn't feel like a seltzer because it was like sweet that had that like sweet honey kick to it. Um, But would I go back to it? Probably not. Um, I did have a favorite from the list here. Uh, and it's one that actually releases today, uh, as we're re- or tomorrow, as you're listening to this. Uh, so that beer's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, Matt's gonna kind of talk about it. He's got some information about it, but I do think that that was. Oh, he doesn't have any information. No, about I, I it. forgot to write that one down. So let me. I, it's uh, a. It was just a. I think they just called it a pineapple ale. Yeah. Um, I'll jump back real fast. So the seltzer for me, I, I did like it. I felt like there wasn't that much carbonation that I feel like you normally get out of seltzers, like with uh, White Claw and stuff. I feel like there's a little bit more more carbonation in those. Uh, maybe I was wrong in that. Um, I did really like the honey. I felt like it gave it a nice taste. I honestly thought about getting a four-pack. Uh, so it is something that I would, I would go back and, and continue trying, especially if they have some other ones. I do like a good seltzer. Some of those, it's just nice to have sometimes when when you don't necessarily want to drink a bunch of beer. The seltzers, I, I, have, I feel they found their place as long as they're good. That's the hard part for me is finding seltzers that I like. White Claw makes a good seltzer for me. Um, I know that's a very basic bitch of me, but I've tried so many others because the wife always gets them, and there's just so many that I just find very disgusting. Yeah, I think this one would be nicely described as like a, a collab between a cider, a seltzer, and a mead. Um, so it kind of hits all those weird angles. But it was good. I mean, I would drink it if it was the, like, if I wasn't into beer that day, I would definitely grab it. But um, as far as my favorite beer that we had here at Scarlet Lane, it's their Oddities and Curiosities. It's a pineapple pale ale. Um, it is the 2023 version it is a five percent abv it is a pineapple like i said a pale but it's got eldorado hops citra hops and horizon hops um i mean it was really drinkable a nice pineapple bite on it but it wasn't too over the top with the pineapple and it wasn't too hoppy it really almost felt like a zombie dust with some pineapple thrown in with a little less flavor as far as like hop profile is concerned but like that drinkability that you get from zombie dust i think it was right on par with i could drink a four pack or a six pack and not really feel like shit because it was pretty pretty palatable for sure yeah i i felt that way as well i thought it was really good it, and honestly there was there was maybe one other that I felt like could go as my favorite of that night, but that one definitely stood out uh, amongst all the 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 eight drinks that we nine drinks I guess total that we tried. It was definitely top of the list, and so that does come out. You know, as of today, Friday. Uh, go ahead and go grab that and try it. Let us know what you think because I, I do I did find it very very pleasant. Not not overly pineapple. I'm a big pineapple fan, so it's hard for me to not like pineapple ales, but no like fake pineapple taste or or just like an overabundance, like it didn't overtake the beer. It was a nice yeah. ale with some pineapple. And I think it was well done. Um it was cool of Josh to come over and give us a can and let us try it. Um so if you don't have plans today or if you want to go this weekend to scarlet lane go check it out i'm sure it'll be at all the locations but it was definitely good uh so then i'd say the other the other one that we both really liked was the nick pseudo lager oh yeah yeah so that one uh pretty sure is named after one of the owners nick uh elisa's husband i assume still that's my guess yeah (laughs) um just a nice hoppy lager and I don't know. It was just, it, it all blended very well. It tasted perfect. Like it was well, it was just well done. 
Yeah, for me, this one was a very unexpected front runner. Um, I was intrigued with a hoppy lager, basically. Um, but it was, it was like a little bit of hop, a nice crispy finish. Um, not a whole lot of like overwhelming flavor from the hops, but there, it was there. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I would say it was probably my second favorite of the night. Um, I did like the pineapple a little bit better, but there were some others that uh, didn't really hit the mark so much for me. Um, but again, personal preferences, uh, just, I didn't, I don't think that the other two IPAs that we had were fantastic by any means. Um, something felt off with them and I don't know what it was. They, so we, we tried, we tried the Eclipse IPA, the Mary Lou IPA, uh, Southern Star, which I forgot to write what the beer was, and the Sammy Terry Citrus oh, yeah. Colch. That and, one was weird. Yeah, and I feel like from, and this was me personally, I feel like the problem was there was a lot of bitterness in all of them. And yeah, I'm not a big pretty, like, bitter, yeah, bitter IPA guy. Like, I, I don't want just a bitter bomb. And that's kind of what I pulled from most of those. and. Just not not my kind of style, and we had we heard a lot of people walking up talking about ah uh, you know the like the Sammy Terry is one of my favorite beers, and it's like all right, you know it tastes good yeah. for somebody like that's great like it, it's it, it's finding its crowd it just wasn't for me. Something with that specific one, the Sammy Terry had like super malt, a little bit of corn feel, but then it was just like hazy slash hop bomb so it just you know how the bjcp says uh it's a hot mess it felt kind of like a hot mess it didn't know what it wanted to be yeah i think i feel like adding hops to a kolsch it's one of those you americanize something that maybe didn't need to be americanized i get trying it and i get for some people they're they're gonna like it i just can't say it was just for me they just bastardized it. <laughs> so now on to stop number two. This was Triton Brewing over in the Fort Ben Harrison area of Lawrence. And there there we, we could not try all of their beers because they have a million of them on tap, which is not a bad yeah. thing. There is something for everyone. But uh, we did try, we did try, I think, nine. Uh, I didn't write yours down, so uh, if you didn't write those down, then uh, we have no information. I know that I had had the Blueberry Sour or Blueberry Gosa, Yep, and then um, I did the Barrel-Aged Stout as well in the West Fork Barrels, and then the other one, I don't remember. Uh, I, I don't remember liking it, so that doesn't help. I think it was a brown, maybe, or something along those lines, but... Uh, it doesn't spark a memory with me, so I don't think that we uh, loved it all that much. I will say, I'll start off with saying that the blueberry uh, gosa or sour, I don't remember exactly. Gosa. If it was, uh, yeah, so the blueberry barn phantom gosa, I believe is what they're called. Yep. Awesome. Uh, super, like, tart, a little bit sour on the back end, but had that, like, nice gosa salt, and then the blueberry was just really well done. It was a beautiful beer in color-wise. It was very, like, reddish-purple. Um, I think it was really well done. Um, one thing that was weird about that was Matt had the raspberry sour that was not red. Well, it was, it was the same beer as the Barn Phantom Gosa, but it was yeah. raspberry. And it wasn't red, which really tripped me out. Um, we did ask the server, like, hey... Why is the raspberry beer not red, but the blueberry beer is like fucking really red? She went back and it had to do with like some sort of the puree or something, but it felt like they used white raspberry in the raspberry one. Yeah, but it it still tasted amazing. You, they did not fuck up a raspberry beer. So, and I mean, it was a gold winner, just like that blueberry was, uh, according to them. So it all makes sense. I'd say the highlight for me there was honestly that green tea and guava sour that they had just released and we mentioned um, being released last on last week's Friday 4-Pack. And their profile said it's reminiscent of an Arnold Palmer. And 
That's what it tasted like. It was. Just, uh, it, I would, if you are a fan of sours, you have to try this. It's not like a pucker sour. It is blended beautifully. It is fantastic. Honestly, I think all of their sours really hit the note. Like, you don't really see many people doing gosas around here, and they've got two that kill it. And I'm a huge fan of gosas. Yeah, I, I don't think that I had a like a bad beer when we were at Triton. I did think that the stout was. It just was kind of bland in one note. Um, it didn't feel like it had any like redeeming qualities, and it had almost like a funk flavor to it. And that could have been the barrel. It you know I I, I don't remember what Dead Eye Stout is like. So this was just a double Dead Eye that was barrel aged in a West Fork whiskey barrel. They didn't know what whiskey barrel. Ho- Hotel so. Tango whiskey. Oh, uh, Hotel Tango was. I thought yes. it was West Fork. Nope, Hotel uh, Tango. Okay, so uh, apparently it was Hotel Tango. They don't know if what it, it was, was West Fork. So. It would explain why it didn't taste very good. So I don't, I don't know what it. It just, I don't think I finished the pour, which was sad. Yeah, I don't remember if I did either. I, the biggest problem for me was it was way too thin. It did have really good oh, coffee yeah. flavor. You, the whiskey was there. It just needed to be bigger bodied. And that's really what was missing for it. I, I feel like sometimes. If you miss one of those sen- sensory notes, it just kind of throws off everything uh, because it's hard to get past that. Uh, it, so that's just kind of how I felt. I, it feels like they, they got something there, but where are you going to take it? Um, and I, I don't know how many. I don't feel like you get a lot of whiskey barrels because there is a there is a difference between whiskey and bourbon. So, you know, it's one of those like what kind of flavor does a whiskey barrel impart that a versus like a bourbon barrel. So that would be interesting to kind of, kind of do a side by side comparison of, we also tried the peanut butter milk stout, which I thought was decent. Um, yeah. Again, super thin. I don't know what it is about stouts and being thin around these parts. I, I don't get it. It's not for me, but it had a good mix of, of peanut butter and, and stout flavor. I drank another one of Metazoa's peanut butter stouts, last night and they are pretty similar both uh, yeah but yeah the metazoa one has a bit more body to it i'll tell you uh w- the first thing i did i said i took a drink now to be fair belching beavers is a milk stout so it's not really a like apples for apples but i took a drink and i said it's no belching beaver but as i'm looking well, back and milk thinking stout, about so. it oh, i thought it was just a peanut butter stout okay so peanut no butter the metazoa one is a peanut butter stout it is apples to apples at that point then. Uh, so it just didn't have that like milk stout consistency that I expect in a milk stout. I don't get to drink them very much anymore, but I did, you know, give it a shot because, you know, one sip's not going to uh, kill me. But I think looking back now, I'm like, look, Quaffon or Big Woods makes a peanut butter porter and a busted knuckle version, and that's thicker mm-hmm. in the mouthfeel, the viscosity. It's got more peanut butter flavor, and it's just a better beer all around, um, which is weird for me to say that a porter is better than a stout because I tend to lean on the heavier side of dark beers. Yeah, if you're if you're one of the brewers that listens to our podcast, if you could maybe shed some light on what's up with these very thin stouts, like not not just like, somewhat thin just like almost watery thin in a way like what's up with that is that is that say, a brewing process is that uh from adjuncts is that just how it's supposed to maybe be like what are we missing because it feels like I we're missing say, something i did get approached by the guy i work with dustin who was uh is a brewer worked for three sons and has a lot of brewing experience after he listened to one of the episodes we were talking about carbonation being low on some of the stouts he said if you're getting into the 10 plus abv in stouts you carbs just don't take it's just not easy to carb that's that heavy of a beer um, so it may be the same like thing. If you get barrel aged, you get a thinner, but it, it can't be all the time because look at bourbon County brand, their stouts are thick whenever they're done. Yeah. Look at 
fucking uh, well, I feel social project and side project. And, well, but it's got to be the base beer that's going in that's thin to begin with. It's not getting thinned yeah. out in the barrel. So, yeah, I would just like to know because there's a great example. I didn't know that because we're not brewers. Like that's kind of the whole point of the 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 dumbass outsiders part is we're not brewers. We don't brew. We've you know outside of like a few homebrews I've done. I've I've not brewing actively. I don't know what I'm talking about necessarily when it comes to brewing, unless somebody tells me that I'm wrong. I'll just make semi assumptions to something. And most of the time I, I assume we are just wrong about it and we're just missing something because that's, that's how you got to operate until somebody tells you otherwise. But we, I plan to bring Dustin and Aaron are both colleagues of mine onto the show maybe individual episodes maybe two episodes where aaron sends some stuff from chicago to us and then dustin sends some stuff from florida to us um and then just kind of talks so that he can explain what we're supposed to be getting out of beers and he can talk the like plato's and the brewing process and everything and then we'll have two industry experts with two dumbass outsiders so that'll be a fun episode that would be <laughs> Uh, so to round it out, we had the Bright Lights Coffee Brown on Nitro. Is all right. Um, I think the I, I've said this before on on one of these, but I feel like the Nitro just throws some things off for me. I'll try them every time because Nitro and coffee just goes together. But this one was again kind of thin, and something about the mouthfeel and taste just wasn't to my liking. But Maybe next time I'll do nitro and regular, do a side by side, yeah. see what, see if there's really much of a dis- difference outside of the the creamy mouthfeel that you get with nitro. And the last one was the extra special bitter. Uh, so their ESB, damn good. <laughs> that was really really good. A little bit un unexpected from them, uh, only because I I don't, you know, you, you associate them with their IPAs and their sours, and so. This extra special bitter, just not many people do it. And I feel like if you can nail like British English beer, then you're usually doing something really well. All right. Stop number three was Beer Brewery. So this is up on what, like 86th Street or something like that. This was an interesting one for... A few different many reasons. reasons. Yeah. First, there was some some legitimate bad beer, uh, sadly. And then there was a singles event that was very interesting from a uh, just people watching aspect. So uh, we got there. We did their flights. Flight of four is what you get. Uh, I kind of went pretty easy on this because uh, Dustin took all the you know ones that looked fun. So I did uh, the Beer Time Session IPA. Really good. If you want a nice sessionable IPA for the summer, like that was that's one of those ones that I think about when you're like cutting grass or something like that or just hanging outside at five o'clock and it's like not ready to start pounding beer, but like you want something refreshing. That one was definitely good. I don't know if that's a that's one they can or not, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Man, I I can't ever say that their light beers have ever let me down. Like, well, a few of them did. Well, they were were they light beers that we didn't mm-hmm. like, or that's all we had was light liking. beers. We didn't well, get anything. Uh, no, I mean like like lagers and Kolsch's and pills, that type of light. Because I had well, one of them, two or three IPAs. Yeah. Well, so uh, the one bad one I had was their Good Pills German Pilsner. Oh, yeah. That tasted absolutely disgusting. I'm pretty sure it was a very heavy diacetyl taste. That did not taste like a Pilsner. Um, I took one drink, and I was good. Like, it was legit just disgusting. And, you know, I didn't say anything. I probably should. I always feel weird about that. Like, because, like, it's not like the brewer is the one serving everything. And, like, you don't want to, I don't know. I guess I should have said something, especially if we're going to come on here and talk about it should probably bring up while you're there that, Hey, this beer tastes bad. Didn't really think about yeah. it at the time, but now I'll, I'll try we and be too busy about people that. watching. That we is true. Watching it, people. So 
So I that, mean, look, there were five leather jackets on dudes who didn't um, come in on motorcycles. Yeah, none of them rode motorcycles. Uh, so that was interesting. There was it uh, at least four or three or four pairs of leather pants, <laughs> um, two dudes and one girl. Uh, what? It was just an eclectic group that was there for this singles uh, meet. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was a lock and key thing. So you got a key, and you had to find your mate in a lock. Yeah, it was it was interesting. We'll just keep it at that. Very interesting. <laughs> Uh, the other two I had was the Weizengut, still great, still probably yep. my favorite beer that they make, and and that's a Hefeweizen. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they make probably I would say they make the best Hefeweizen in the state. Um, somebody's got some something else to try. Let me know. But I, I, I have, feel like Daredevil's Hef is probably right up there, if not better. But I don't know if I've ever had their Hefe. I'm sure I've had it at some point. There's something about Weizengut that is just... Oh, yeah, I mean, it's great. A, yeah, um, just memorable. I think that's the big thing for me is memorable. Um, I had Wizard Tears, which is a West Coast IPA, which did not taste West Coasty. It felt like, in, like a, a citrus-forward IPA like all other the East Coasts. Um, Hop Punch. I don't remember it. Uh, but I remember all three of the IPAs did not seem like one that I would order again. Um, so that was one of them. And then South Simcoe, really cool beer label, really cool beer name. It was not hazy at all. It was clear and it was labeled as hazy. So that was interesting. Um, the profile was what I expect from a hazy, but it just threw me off that it looked like a, like a straight West coast, clear crystal clear and they want to label it a hazy. I don't know if they're if that's like weird or if that's just normal. I don't remember which two two of the four you had had that same diacetyl gross taste. Wizard Tears was one of them. I don't remember what the other one was. But I do remember two of your four. The last one I had was the Munich Dunkel and again, just another really well made beer that's why it was so interesting that three of them three out of the eight were bad because you're just like what how the fuck did this get poured how did this make it onto the draft line i mean i think he's i mean i think it's a guy that brews there i don't know um i think the brewer is very german inspired in the brew style and knows exactly what the hell they're doing when they're brewing german styles because the the ESPs good, the Weizengut's good, the the Dunkel is good. Um, somehow you screwed up a pills, but <laughs> yeah. So sometimes that's where it's like, is is it just off? Is there something in the beer that's off putting to us? That, yeah. but I mean, it's weird that both of us had that reaction. Like it would it would make sense if one of us had. Like in, in the past when I've had my issues where it's like, oh, this beer kind of tastes like dish soap, sort of like cilantro does to me. And you're like, nope, I'm not getting that at all. Like those <laughs> kind of situations would make sense, which I did find out that apparently coriander is part of the cilantro like mm. plant. The, it's the seeds. So now I'm very curious if any cor- if maybe I have an issue with coriander in beer. And maybe that's what's caused the few times where I'm like, why does this taste like dish soap? Yep. Learn that over had, the weekend. We've also previously had like pickle juice flavor in beers. I think that was Wabash, but yeah, it was, I don't know how the hell you do that. I don't know what i what off flavor that is, but that was strange. <laughs> yeah. Eh, who knows? So beer was a, you know, all in all an interesting experience. Um, 50-50 on the beers, but the uh, you know the the people watching was great. <laughs> yeah, I I mean it's not something that would stop me from going back because like I said, it it felt more weird that they had yeah. bad beer than than what it it wasn't like some of the places that we would go in the past where we kind of expected bad beer and you know we were going hoping for a change, but um, but yeah, next time I I just got to get better about asking or just being like, hey, why is this? 
Why is uh, this? It does, bad? Is this what it's supposed to taste like? Like, hey, can you tell me straight faced that there's nothing that's an off flavor in this beer? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Our fourth stop was Big Lug Brewery up in Nora, which I mm. think is also 86th or somewhere around there. So beer is on 65th. 65th. Uh, brew uh, Big, Lug. Big Lug is on uh, 86th. Okay. So Big Lug, we didn't, we didn't do flights there. We just did a beer each and then ate some of their delicious food. Uh, shout out the poutine at a Big Lug. Probably one of the best things you can get to eat there. My Nashville chicken was good, uh, or I guess spicy-ish chicken sandwich uh, type of thing. Uh, I think that was pretty solid. Yeah, I did try a bite of that, and that was actually pretty tasty. I'm not not huge on Nashville hot chicken, but I did like that. So for you, I wrote down that you got the uh, Five Foot Freak, which was a yep. raspberry blood orange sour. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, their description is, boy, this beer really has a lot of flavor. <laughs> uh, a Belgian farmhouse ale that was fermented with 120 pounds of raspberries and 120 pounds of blood orange, uh, soured from lactobacillus, a bubbly and vigorous carbonation. Can you dig it? Uh, really, I can dig it. It was fantastic. I mean, tart, funky, some sour. Nice fruit notes, a beautiful red color. Um, would definitely go again. Would definitely get uh cans if they would can it. They do growler fills, but uh, f- it was fantastic. Uh, I you don't get many like flavored soured farmhouses around here, so it was cool to see. Um, I think the brew team there and Eddie, who owns the locations, do a damn good job of food and a damn good job of wine or uh beer so super excited that we stopped here even if we didn't get a flight i definitely it was worth a stop yeah i really i really liked this one and it was just a great great farmhouse sour i'm a big fan of those and so it it had all that taste that you were looking for had the raspberry didn't fuck up a raspberry beer nice blood orange it was just blended well together. That's what I want out of my adjunct flavored fruited beers is it needs to be blended. You need to be able to taste the beer and the adjuncts, not just the adjuncts. So, or sometimes not just the beer. <laughs> We've had those too, where it's like, mm, you told me there's coconut in here and I don't taste any. And coconut's a pretty easy thing to taste. So what are we doing? Also <laughs> kind of a, a side note, little thing. 120 pounds of raspberries. Like, even if you got that somehow, assuming obviously wholesale, since Eddie Hassam is in the restaurant businesses, that's got to be fucking expensive for one beer. That's why the the pint of it, seven bucks. <laughs> that's just crazy to think that, that that's what they went through. Um, unless it was like puree or something and, and they can count it through that. But, Still, I'm sure that's not not cheap either. I ended up having the Pete and Pete, great name, but it's a P E A T, like the uh, the Pete. I think it's Pete Moss out in Scotland. Had a nice light, smoky flavor, heavy on the malt, just as they claim. Uh, really nice beer. Big fan of Scotch ales. Uh, Robert the Bruce is probably one of my all time favorites, and definitely need to do that one on the show at some point. But that one's from Three Floyds, but this Pete and Pete was was really really nice. So if you, I would definitely say if you're a, a Scotch Ale fan, you definitely want to try this beer before it's gone. I don't know if it's a repeat one that they make all the time or not, but I, I absolutely loved everything about this beer. It's Big Lug, like yep. they they they're 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 like beer in my mind and and stuff. Like they just don't miss. Like it's very unusual when you find something that isn't to your liking, even. Even for beers that maybe you're not necessarily that super keen on, like they usually just make it true to style and then add some nice little touches to it to make it their own. And but it's it's usually it never feels like it's something super out there that just is like, well, we tried this and we completely missed and now we have to sell it anyways. 
Yeah, there's a few breweries in Indiana that really do that for me. Uh, beer normally, it was strange to have the off beers this time, but beer normally is there. Daredevil, Sun King. Um, Sun King's just, gotten a little, a little out there over like the past like five years, in my opinion. A little bit. It feels like a quantity over quality thing in some aspects anymore, which is yeah, not great to say. I mean, if I'm going to go to a can that I'm like, I know I just want an easy drinking beer yes. and I see like a cream ale or something like that, like Java Mac every year, goddamn good. Yeah, like, there just used to be a point where you could go to Sun King and even their adjunct beers were pretty fun be and good, just like Big Lug. And now you go and they can be pretty hit or miss. And I mean, I yeah. remember one time having a bartender tell us like don't get this beer not to it's, order it yeah, yeah it's not good like it's legitimately bad and you're just like at what point does is sun king the one selling the bad beers like you are a massive brewery how are you at that point where you need to sell this versus dumping it so just odd things like that out of them but yeah big lug definitely if you've not been the big lug I would 100% recommend them and get their food because their food is fantastic. They also have that uh, barbecue joint half liter Yep, over in Broad Ripple, I think it is. That place is fantastic. They make some damn good smoked meat. All of the Psalms locations will have the beer and the food. So nice. any of them that you can hit, go check it out. Good food, good beer, family-owned local business. Um, Support the community. They did some dope-ass shit during COVID. They basically turned their restaurants into marketplaces, which was really cool. So you could get toilet paper and all that stuff from them. Eggs and dish soap and hand sanitizer and whatnot. You could order it because he could order it from his restaurant suppliers. So that was really cool. Nice. And the last stop, the one that uh, actually started the whole conversation was Deviate. It was, hey... Where do we want to go? Uh, deviate, because they got some really good-sounding beers. All right, let's go to Deviate. But along that 45-minute drive, let's stop amongst some other places that uh, we continue to talk about going to, and we never find the time to do it because you know we'll go hit up Deviate instead and then go pick places around there. It's like, well, let's go the other way with that. So we finally found ourselves at Deviate. We did not take notes. Even I didn't take notes on this one. And I do uh, know what we drank, though. So I know uh, I, I know the one beer <laughs> that I had. But a big part of this is we ended up having this lovely conversation with a couple uh, who live here, but they're not like from here, and they're looking into open a brewery. And for I had the Barrel Chat podcast shirt on. And they started talking to us and asking us beer questions and brewery questions and stuff like that. And I don't know how we've reached that point of our <laughs> podcast lives that people uh, assume by looking at us that we know what the fuck we're talking about. But, you know, I'd like to think we gave them some okay information. Was, Obviously, we didn't tell them much, but it was like, this is who you should go talk to. Like these are yeah. the people who are going to know because they're they've been in somewhat similar situations or you know husband and wife teams or uh, it's like a small town situation so small town guy kind of people small brewery whatever it may be that I think get. the I think the whole thing started one you had the podcast shirt uh, two I'm pretty sure I was. I think I was wearing like a hop culture shirt or something. Um, so we both were decked to the nines in beer stuff, but we also walked in and we're like, Hey, I'm not a member, but give me that goddamn member beer. Like, like, well, I was gonna say, cause like we walked in and she got in line and immediately started talking to us. The wife did. And so it just kind of all came out of, out of nowhere with that. But it was, but it's, it's always interesting. That is what I love sometimes about life is that weird shit happens that you don't expect in a million years. It's sort of like dropping in on a singles night and just being like, I haven't been single in 11 years. I can't imagine going to something like this myself at this age. Um, but like you're watching kind of other people do it. 
and we uh, we had weird experiences at each location not like weird bad or not not each but three of them we had josh hall show up oh yeah that was funny like we were literally talking about him in line and then he just walks in the door it's like we summoned him we said his name three times and bloody mary showed up (laughs) that that singles event that was weird and then going to deviate and this lady and her husband come over and talk to us uh but so we kind of hitting on the beers here the reason we went is i saw they had a blazed and glazed it's a maple imperial stout aged in brown sugar and rum barrels uh that just for me that just sounded stupid good and Lucky enough, uh, I, we were able to get a, a, f- a flight that involved that. And it was every bit of what you want, what we want, out of a stout. It was nice, thick body, had a stout flavor, but still was, hey, nice, uh, interesting, like, sugar notes from the brown sugar. And then the rum, I love a rum barrel, so you just can't go wrong for me with a rum barrel. That one was good. Um, we did Sin of Living. Or sin in or living in sin. Good lord, we did living in sin. It's an imperial cinnamon hazelnut stout. Uh, a lot of cinnamon in that one. I, it wasn't my favorite one that we had. Honestly, I think the best beer that I had. I don't even know what it was. The bartender randomly walked over with a pour of like a barrel aged version of i believe it was their scottish strong but it just he sat it down and said this is a sister beer enjoy (laughs) it's like um okay but it was super good nice and like i mean a barrel aged scottish ale you can't go wrong love scottish ales so i do remember that cinnamon beer because i once again tasted the cinnamon just like i did on life of marty and i'm just it's still throwing me off it is still throwing me off it's like did me getting COVID like a month ago, like unlocked <laughs> it, unlocked this like cinnamon profile now? Like what the fuck is happening? Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. The one beer, I, I didn't do a flight. I just did a beer because by that point, my stomach was pretty full. But this lychee ale that they had, I was like, this, this is interesting. I will say there have been a few times here recently that I've kind of gone out of my way to try something new, whether it be a beer or a food, like from a restaurant or something. And it's just, you you kind of get burned, you know, instead of sticking with your normal, like, I'm going to get the same cheeseburger or the same, you know, whatever it is. You're like, let's try something new. And you just get burned. And I cannot stand it. This lychee ale, one of the best beers I've had maybe ever just from a taste profile. It was super clean, super just kind of, it wasn't like super fruity. It almost reminded me a bit of like cherry flavoring where it's not a, it's not necessarily like a crazy fruited flavor, but like just, just, or strawberry, not cherry, strawberry. Uh, And damn, man, like I don't know. I I just have not been that impressed with the with an unknown beer in quite some time, and I fucking loved every bit of it. Like if they can that thing, I would buy it. I would drive back there and buy it. I don't know if they do. I didn't ask, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, but if they were to, I would I would drive the forty five minutes to go buy more of that beer because that's one I would buy in a keg if I had a kegerator and stuff and they sold it to me in a keg i would buy that in a keg i loved it that much this this leads me to the statement that i always will make and will consistently make about deviate you can't fuck up a lychee beer no okay they make great beer but you need more than just making great beer to make me want to come to your location consistently and i'll just leave it at that like the service was great last night but it was just a server, right? Like, I feel like we've been turned off to them based on some conversations that we've had in the past. And, like, you make great beer, I'll go every once in a while, but I'm not going to make that 45-minute drive out of my way like I would to, like, uh, 
Whitestown to go to Moontown Brewery because we're always treated well there. Get, you know, conversations with anybody that we want to check up a conversation with and our opinion about beer is taking seriously, even if it's not like, hey, you're right. No, they'll be like, okay, can you tell me why? Or like, what what are your thoughts on it? And what am I supposed to get? But instead, that's not how we got treated previously. And so it's just always a turnoff. But I will say they probably make some of the most interesting and best beer in Indiana. Yeah, I do wish sometimes that they would maybe make some of the like base beers so you could really get a taste of that maybe it's just stuff that we miss but like when we were there that night i feel like the lychee ale was like the only like i guess what i would consider like a normal beer it wasn't something super crazy with a a ton of different adjuncts in it and so sometimes i would it would just be nice to be able to taste them like what is this what's the base beer of the stout you know, I know it's not necessarily what sells, and I and I get that that's why you you may not go down that path, but you know, it, sometimes it would just be nice to know it would because you got to brew it, I assume, before you throw all the adjuncts in. So like, it would be cool to to kind of see. It would be cool to 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 see what they can do with just some base beers. Yeah, just a stout, just a porter. Yeah, and I'm sure they do it, and it's just stuff again because we don't go very often that we're not. We're not getting, we're missing, and maybe that's just more of a us thing. But I remember when we used to be closer when we worked at Bottoms Up and stuff, and I just don't remember that being a lot of when you'd go in there that they would have that. It would, it was always, you know, blueberry stouts and and all these other crazy things, and so it was never just the base stout, the base porter. The the I mean, the, I feel like the closest thing is that Supremacy IPA is like the closest it, thing that they have to a base. They are, they are deviate. Yeah, they do. They I mean, I guess you got to live up to the damn, damn um, name. So in every way. To be fair, I actually think making just standard stouts and porters and then making the weird shit that they make would be deviating from the norm because nobody makes a goddamn base stout anymore. That is true. That is true. And a lot of the ones that do get made are not very good. So they just, I think they would be deviating from the rest of the country still. <laughs> well, that is uh, basically topics one through three. So thanks for sticking around through those. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll be out and about uh, at some point next month. We'll make another trip. We'll let everybody know where we're going. And so if anybody ever wants to join us at one of the spots, let us know. Uh, we'd love to love to come and hang out with people, meet new people, love having fun conversations about things that we have no business being a part of and uh it, yeah, good times good times all around so topic number four is around indiana i've got uh three things listed here and they're all anniversary parties a lot of anniversary parties i i did not realize this but uh, pax verum up in lapel indiana is celebrating their fifth anniversary with a party uh actually tomorrow april 29th and uh they got a bunch of i think it's barrel aged stouts on on tap and uh for that you can buy i think it was like five different ones i really like the label i love the color palette that they chose with those so that looks like it could be a pretty fun time scarlet lane brewing has their ninth anniversary party, which is on May 13th. That is going to be held at the main brew house in McCordsville. That is also the day that they are releasing Eric Bloodax. So you will damn sure see both of us, if not me, at that place because I am 100% going to buy some Eric Bloodax. And then Moontown Brewing is celebrating their fifth anniversary on May 20th. Uh, and I did ask, it is an all-day event, so it's uh, they run 11 to 11, and it is free, which I'm pretty sure Scarlet Lanes is free as well. Yeah, and I, I so too. I'm pretty sure Pax Verum is too. But, uh, it was last time. but Yeah, that's what I remember, is that last time uh, you could just walk in and do it. So there's there are a few other kind of events that I've seen in and about the, the past few days. Uh, there's a Garden Gate Wine, Jazz, and Craft Beer Festival uh, tomorrow. Nope, I'm sorry, Saturday the 29th in Fishers. Technically, it that at 3 is tomorrow. PM. Yeah, so tomorrow here. Uh, <laughs> we have to so remember, we're recording on Thursday, but it's coming on Friday. 
So the 29th there in Fishers, it's the Garden Gate Wine, Jazz, and Craft Beer Festival. Um, could be fun, kind of in the downtown Fishers region. Um, and then um, the Pote Hops and Vines Fest in Fishers as well on the 29th. Um, there it's a 12175 Visionary Way. Same place as the other one, but just afterwards. So I have no idea why it's the different events, but there's two of them there. And then I see uh, Rock the Junction on May 13th um, at Grand Junction Brewing from 1 to 5 p.m. on May 13th. Nice. Nice. So a lot of things coming up here in, in May, and I'm sure there's some stuff that we've missed so far. These have been added to the Barrel Chat calendar, so uh, you can check that out. We're trying to to get as as many uh, events up there just to help keep everybody up to date and keep ourselves up to date. It's really easy reference for us to go back before we do around Indiana to see what is out there. So uh, hopefully you've all listened to our latest episode, which was Science Project Brewing's Life of the Marty and Imperial Pastry Stout. That was a, a pretty good beer. If I remember correctly, not too bad yeah. on the top fifty. It was uh, it was good. It was fun. We had some really solid ideas. I think for uh, the future, uh, you know, just two dumbasses telling you how to make your beer better. But uh, and it did turn I out I think... was right. It is a gator on that label, not a yeah. dragon, as as Dustin said. So you know, one to nothing. One Fuck to your nothing. Gator. And uh, next week, we don't have anything yet. So <laughs> next week, uh, we've got to do some recording on Sunday. And, We're just going to uh, wing it. And uh, yeah, I got a couple different beers that I picked up from Total Wine. And I do have that foreign local. You know, we got to st- obviously we're oh, going to yeah. stick with the Imperial Imperial things. That one from foreign local is pretty fucking good. So that's probably on the list somewhere. Maybe chili water. We've got a weird, chili water. We've got blood, a weird, blood orange weird chili water. Too. But own chili water sounds sounds like it could be pretty good. Because who got the some, fuck doesn't love that beer? As long as it's we still have, good. We have a beer from uh, Michigan that I brought back that is like a stout that I don't have a clue what type of stout it is as far as... like uh, I'm trying to look it up real quick, the picture. But I picked it up and I was like, I've never heard of anything like this before. It's a barrel-aged oh, finish? finish style stout yeah i tried to look that up and it's not we got to hit up that company because i tried to look up what a finish style stout is and i i came up empty-handed research wise so uh be on the lookout for that coming up sometime because we'll have to figure out what the hell it is or we'll just drink it for fun and tell you what we thought about it exactly so we will see you all next wednesday and then again next friday with another friday four pack so have a good weekend. Hopefully it's uh hopefully it warms up a little bit and everybody can get out and do some some nice drinking around town or you know yard work and drinking whatever whatever your styles for. But until then, cheers. Cheers y'all.